Hi, I'm Lisa Collins, and welcome to today's teaching of Real Christianity with your teacher, Mosley Collins. Each week, we try to bring you a study of God's Word that will encourage and equip you to live a life that God can bless, to live a life of real Christianity. And now, I am proud to present your brother in Christ and my husband, Mosley Collins. Thank you, darling, and welcome to today's edition of Real Christianity. You know, I'm joined today in the studio by three wonderful, actually four wonderful people. Uh, one is my daughter, Casey Kennedy. Can you say hello, Casey? Hello. And uh, Casey, who'd you bring with you today? I brought my baby girl, Jolie. Jolie, my granddaughter. And Jolie's how old now? She was nine months on the 19th. She is the cutest, you know, uh, she is the cutest baby in Sacramento. Do you know that? In I know my that. In, in my opinion. <laughs> okay. I don't mean to insult any other parents or grandparents out there, but you haven't seen my daughter yet. So uh, then we have Alvia Gilbert. Alvia, can you say hello? Hello. And uh, Alvia, uh, tell us, uh, you're how old now, Alvia? I'm 24. Okay. And you're employed down in Southern California, I think? Yep. Yep. Okay. I work for the city of Irvine. Okay. And what do you do for the city of Irvine? I work with uh, middle school middle school students. Middle school students? Yep. Okay. And then we have Melissa Kaywood with us. Hi. Hey. Now, once you hear Melissa talk, you'll get an idea where she's from. Uh, <laughs> Melissa, tell us where you're from. I'm from Dalton, Georgia, which is in the northwest corner of Georgia, about an hour and a half north of Atlanta. Great. So all these people who join me today all are connected by something really important. And we're going to talk about that today. And what we're going to talk about today is something that's it's a joyous subject, but also a little bit of a scary and serious subject. Now, we hear Jolie in the background, mm-hmm. so uh, I know you, you guys won't object to that. Uh, but today we're going to talk about something that can be troubling to us as parents. Because as parents and as grandparents, we love our kids and we worry about our kids and agonize over our kids when we think they might be slipping away from a relationship with Jesus. When we, when we worry, they might fall away from God. You know, what can we do? We've raised them, we've done our best, and maybe they go to church with us on Sundays. We're not sure they will continue once they graduate from high school. Maybe they even go to a, a Wednesday night teen session. But what can we do to give our kids the best chance of making heaven their home? You know, it's been said that God has children, but no grandchildren and no distant relatives. Now, what what that means is this. We can become children of God by accepting Christ as our Lord and Savior. But our children and grandchildren can't rely on our faith to save them. You know, it's wonderful to say that God is my Heavenly Father. It's wonderful to say that I believe in Jesus, therefore I'm saved. But it's not okay to say my mom or my dad believes in Jesus, therefore I am saved. Every person must have their own personal relationship with God. Our kids must eventually make their own choice. We can't make it for them. You know, some kids are raised in a home where Jesus is not that important. And that's how I was raised. We went to church, oh, once a year or so. It wasn't a big deal. And my parents were unsaved at that time. Our other kids are raised in a home where Jesus is honored and the mom and dad are saved. But either way, the Bible teaches each person must give an account 
for himself to God. Each child, when they become teenagers or young adults, must give an account of himself to God. So how can we help our kids and grandkids? And if you're a young person, how can you, how can you make the deepest, longest commitment to Christ? How can we help our kids and how can our kids be helped? And what is the most important decision a young child can make? Is it to, um, is it to what college to go to? No. Is it whether or not they should go to college? No. Is it whether or not to have this job or that job? No. You know, I believe in college. I have actually um, three college degrees and a law degree. So I believe in, in college. But it's not the most important decision we make. Jesus said this, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, college degrees and jobs, will be added unto you. So that's the most important decision. And that's why I invited these three young people to visit with us today, because they all share one thing in common, is after high school, they decided to go to a program that focused them on the love of God and knowing God. And Alvia, what's the name of that program you were in? It's called uh, Youth with a Mission, and uh, we, we all went through a program called DTS. It uh, stands for Discipleship Training School. And, it's in an ex- and this one was in an exotic location. Where was it? This is in uh, South, South Australia. Okay. Yeah, Adelaide. So that's all always fun to go on such a long trip. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, especially you, Melissa, you went a long way from Georgia to Australia. That's almost halfway around the world. It is. It was exactly 12-hour time difference. Oh, so. wow. So it is halfway around the world. Yeah. <laughs> how, how long did it take you to get there? Um, well, I mean, it was a five-hour flight to Los Angeles and then a 13-hour flight, I think, from there. So 18 to 20 hours. Yeah. Total. So you're pretty tired by the time you got there. Oh, definitely. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we're going to talk today about YWAM. There's other programs, uh, many other programs, but this is the one we have today. So I just want to talk about how we can encourage our kids and help our kids go to one of these programs because it will so change your life. So, Melissa, tell us uh, how you decided to go to YWAM. Um, it was definitely a God thing in a sense of I had never heard of it before, but then in the matter of one week I'd had two people just talk about this organization called Youth with a Mission. My youth minister at my church mentioned it, and then a man that came into the work that I um the job that I had at the time mentioned it, and so I started looking at it on the Internet, and I just really looked into it and thought, oh, I would like to do this, and started to pray into it, but I had to raise a good bit of funds, and, and um, I decided that if, if I was able to come up with the money and raise the money to go, then I would know that this is God's will, and if he provided for it, then I would, I would go out there. So that's kind of how it came up. It was just introduced to me. Well, why did you want to go? Um. Well, really, it was just I had gone through a season in my life. I had just graduated high school, and I kind of made a commitment to where I was going to give a year of my life to God in the sense of I wasn't going to date anyone. I was going to focus on everything, and it really was just it came up during this year, and I really wanted to go and focus everything on God. I mean, this is six months where my whole relationship could be um, focused in on God. I don't have anything else bothering me. I wanted to get away from everything else and just really 
get out there and see what it is that um, God wanted for me and just develop this firm foundation Yeah, that right, was going to start because right, right. I was about to start like a really big season of my life and yeah. I wanted to We have to make version. a lot. I think Albia said you have to, you're making a lot of big decisions at this point in your life. Who are you going to perhaps marry? Who sure, Are you going to sure. go to college? And so are you going to do this? Are you going to do that? So, wow, you know, suddenly you're you're having to make your own decisions. So, Albia, how did you end up wanting to go? Well, uh, at the time I was playing, uh, I'd, I'd just finished my first two years of undergrad studies, and uh, I was playing in a band and got back from tour. And the first day, I met up with a friend of mine, and we he was telling me about how he was leaving Australia to do a discipleship training school program. And uh, somehow it came up in the conversation. I think him and I were talking about you know, I'm not sure if I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer from the junior college I was going to to Biola, um, and you know, I kind of feel like God might be calling me on a, something big, a big trip, you know. And and He said, well, maybe you should just pray about going to Australia with me. Um, and so I did, and I really felt that calling on my heart, real strong. And uh, my friend actually ended up not going, and uh, but I I still felt my, felt it on my heart to go and. So I went. <laughs> cool, very cool. Now, YWAM has uh, campuses all over the world, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. don't have to go to Australia, although that sounds like fun. <laughs> thousands and thousands of bases and schools. I mean, yeah, there's, almost there's, every country of the world, yeah. And there's there's ones right here in California. Sure, sure, sure. I know there's, uh, I know there's one in central California down by Big Bear somewhere. Uh, they, had, they have a Pismo Beach base, and then they also have San Francisco. Yeah, uh, it's real cool. Yeah, and of course they've got several in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure, sure. And it was founded in Hawaii. This was our, where the first one was. Yeah, and the program is how long? Six month program, and you do three months of a lecture phase, where you are doing, you're you're going through lectures during the day, and then you're also involved with local ministries. Right. So uh, the girls in the program were involved with uh, brothel ministries. And uh, going out and going witnessing out to and the girls in the, the girls in the broth- in the red light districts because um, in Australia prostitution is legal. It, yeah, it's pre- pretty much on the lines of legal. It's not entirely. It's, it's legal. not enforced. If it's, it's against the law, yeah. it's not much enforced. Exactly. Yeah, um, it's regulated. <laughs> regulated. <yeah. laughs> so, so I don't. <laughs> you know, I have been such a believer in helping kids go to uh, us. Christian camp during the summer and many people I know have gotten saved at the five-day summer Christian camp you know there's um, there's churches in this town that put it on I know the Capital Christian Center has a great camp my children have gone to the Capital Christian Center in fact Casey who's with us today was voted the outstanding camper <laughs> one year right darling yes I was I got a trophy trophy and uh these will these programs these five-day programs do change kids lives and they do make a commitment to christ but the problem is they're just not quite long enough sometimes to really make that difference so here you know they say that if you do something for 30 days it becomes a habit so here we're you're going away for six months six months you're not you don't take your car you don't take your girlfriend your boyfriend You don't take your video games, right? Yeah. You don't take your soccer. You don't take your softball. You don't take, you know, you don't take your movies, right? Take your Bible. Take your Bible. 
<laughs> Take your Bible. So tell us, uh, how did, uh, Alvia, how did that change your life if it did? Oh, change, change my life in, in a number of ways. Uh, what, you know, one thing that the DTS uh, did in my life uh, was just give me the op- opportunity to really uh, com- solely pursue God and his kingdom. Uh, it gave me, you know, God calls us to, uh, you know, scriptures say to, you know, Jesus says to not worry, you know, I'm not worried about food and the clothes you wear, you know, God will pr- uh, provide. I also says to, to, you know, love your neighbors. Uh, and it challenges us to, to live life in a way that's it's different than the, what the world kind of teaches us um, and what's uh, what's the common way of thinking, you know. Right, right. And, and uh, well, six so months with YWAM was really an opportunity to, to live that yeah, life. To live your faith. It's, Exactly. It's Live not like you go to trust God and right, experience what he can right. do. It's not like love. you go to church on Sunday and then you're totally thinking about something else and then maybe you well, go Wednesday night and you're totally then you're totally thinking about something else. It's like not. every day you're well, there, you're there, you're there. The you're you're constantly being encouraged to live this life of faith, to trust God. Um you're you're being challenged um in ways um, your security really only is God right. out there. And because you're because you're you're so reliant on God during these six months, you experience God in this <laughs> whole new uh, way, you know. And yeah. Suddenly, it's not like tenth on your list. Yeah. You know, uh, Jesus uh, said, "Seek first the kingdom of God." Definitely. Not, and you know, when Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God," it wasn't like, you know, some people who are who are late, like. Um, my darling wife is late sometimes. So she sets her clock ahead in her car, (laughs) you know, like 15 or 20 minutes. It's not really the time, but it helps her get there on time. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he wasn't kidding. It's not setting the clock ahead so that, okay, Jesus says, I'll tell them seek us first. I'll tell them to seek the kingdom of God first, and hopefully they'll seek him third. Mm -hmm. No. When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God, he was deadly serious. He meant it. And when you go to a, pro- a program like YWAM, you're there six months, and you're seeking first every day the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So tell us, Melissa, tell us kind of, give us a short version of what this daily schedule is like when you're at the at the base. <laughs> daily schedule. Well, we woke up at 545, actually, and had <laughs> morning sport, which was just kind of exercise. And then um, we had until... We had breakfast and then until 7.30. And then at 7.30 we had a worship time or some kind of a 15-minute devotion every morning. And then at 7.45 we had a scheduled quiet time where from 7.45 to 8.30 everybody was having their quiet time. And so, I mean, it was 45 minutes and you could do whatever you wanted to. You could walk around. You could go to your room. You could read your Bible. You could worship. But it was just your personal time with God. And then after that, um, every morning was different, but um, some mornings we would have worship, base worship, where as a whole community where we lived, we would all get together and worship. And then um, at 10 o'clock is when we would start the first um, couple of hours of our lecture phase. And we would have a speaker that would come in every week, and they would fly in from other parts of Australia or other countries, and they specialized in a certain topic. Give us an example of a topic. Um, Father Heart of God was a topic, um, the nature and character of God, sin and repentance. Hearing God's um, voice. Hearing God's voice. 
Um, How marvelous. Communication. How marvelous. Missions. I mean, every week it was different. uh, Relationships as well. Listen, mom and dad, I would rather have my daughter sitting in that lecture than in the finest lecture at Harvard Mm -hmm. because the lecture you get in a program like this changes your life and gives you a firm hold on salvation and eternal life. What can compare with eternal life? That's what is being taught there. Yeah. You know, I'd rather have Casey and Paris and and uh, Lindsay and Bard and all my kids sitting in that lecture than any lecture in the world. Yeah. And yeah. so then what happened in the afternoon? Um, after the teaching, like lesson part of it, we would have lunch, and then we would go to our daily activities. Every day we had something different. We would either work in the garden or we would be on kitchen duty or we would work in the office. We all were assigned jobs. And then after our, you know why our the, jobs you know were Because it teaches you responsibility. Yeah, because the Bible says, if a man won't work, neither shall he eat. On top of that, I mean, the community, I mean, where we lived, everything had to be done, done by the people there. There wasn't people getting paid just to cook for us. We did it together. Like, you didn't have maid service? No, we didn't. <laughs> I mean, one of your jobs was maid service, you know, your hospitality. Because so you Jesus, you know, you know, the Bible says Jesus said, I came to not be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And he said, whoever would be great among you, let him be the least yes. and serve a servant of all. And they taught you that. Yeah. Through that. It's so wonderful. And then you would, after your work duties, then you would have dinner. And some nights we would have different things going on, but a lot of times nights were free. And, it, and it, we had homework and stuff to do, too. We had three book reports to do. We had different things to, to do every week. And so... We had different responsibilities, and that was every day, you know, Monday through Friday. Right. Now, it was pretty busy. Oftentimes, after work duty, uh, that's when we would have, like, ministry. Yeah. We'd go out into the city and do, you know, the girls would either go and volunteer with, you know, kind of witness and and, uh, help with the, you know, the brothels and being a light in their their lives. Um, I was involved with a refugee uh, ministry where I just kind of go and try to, be positive with the refugees there um, and hang out and share 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 truth with them. Okay, now we're going to talk some more uh, tomorrow on our program. And on tomorrow I want you to tell me about an outreach that you take. Every every YWAM person yeah. makes an outreach, uh, a big outreach towards the end. And now you guys went to China and yeah, Hong yeah, Kong yeah. and Tibet. So I, we're going to save that for tomorrow. But tell us about your outreaches into the city and how that went. I think you one time yeah. you guys went... And you prayed for the ministry that was going out to witness in the brothels. And tell us how what happened. There was one um, night in particular. It was a Friday night, and we were going into the city of Adelaide. And Rahab was the prostitution ministry. It was named after the prostitute in the Bible, Rahab. And, who and got they would, saved. Who got saved. That's right, who got saved and was is in the lineage of Christ. Yes, it's really neat, really um, an awesome name Because you know that what, the, what that stands for is that there's no one too damaged. I yeah, mean, there's redemption. He wants to redeem everybody. Yeah, there's and no one so damaged. And that's the message that we go to take to these girls. We get we give them an opportunity to um, to get out of it if they want to. We offer them support. We give them phone number to call to contact. Yeah. I mean, that's what they did. Because we don't condemn anyone. No, we've all of course not. We've, we're all love. sinners. Yeah, Offering we've God's all love. fallen short. We've all fallen short. We've all made made mistakes. We've all tripped and fallen. Yeah. So. And, some of, and but some of these prostitute I mean some of these brothels that the girls would go into and we would visit 
um, they some of them would not let us in. They had they didn't want anything to do with us. They knew why we were there, and and they wouldn't let us in. And and so well, you're, you're going to hurt the business. <laughs> I know. So they're thinking, no, don't let them in. Um, but then some of them didn't care. They 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 let them come in and talk. But then one night we go out and we're praying in the middle of the city and worshiping with guitar and, and singing songs. And we were praying for the the people who were going out in the Rahab ministry that night. And we got back after that night, and um, and the girls that went to, to visit some of the brothels came in and told us. They said, we were able to get in one of the brothels tonight that we have never been able to get into. And it was something Praise that we had God. specifically prayed for. I mean, Praise that particular God. brothel. And, I mean, God, prayer is so important, and it works. And while we were there in that six months, it's that, you know, students, whenever you're 19 years old or you've gone to church, you hear, you need to pray about things. You need to... Um, prayer works, but we got to see it work right, in the right, six right. months. We prayed about things, Experience, and yeah. then God um, revealed to us and, and let us work through that. It was just really amazing. That is so wonderful. That's so great to, oh, what a difference it makes when you leave the classroom. Of course, you need the classroom mm-hmm. because you need the Word of God. Definitely, the knowledge. You need the knowledge. But once you get the Word, you know, you know James said, don't be a hearer only but be a doer. Yes. So you get to hear, you get to do. That's such a powerful combination mm-hmm. to go out. And uh, as I said, I want to talk to you guys about your trip to China. But that's the whole focus of YWAM is, I think, is number one, to be knowledge of, have knowledge of God. And then number two, to share your faith. Because in sharing our faith builds our faith. You know, we're coming to the end of today's program. We're going to continue tomorrow. But, you know, Jesus said, follow me. He said, follow me five times in the Gospel of Matthew and many other times. He said, follow me. It's like, leave where you're at and follow me. He didn't say, okay, you stay here and I'll be back. He said, no, come on. Leave your city. Leave your friends. Leave your home and follow me. And they did. The disciples, it says, they left their nets and followed him. And what was the result of that? You know, the result of that was after Jesus was gone, we hear in Acts chapter four, Peter and John were so powerful in witnessing for Christ. And they took note of those guys that they had been with Jesus. And that's what I want for my life. That's what these kids had. And that's what I want for the lives of your kids. We here at Real Christianity Hope that today's message was a blessing to you. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at 916-444-4444. That's 916-ALL-FOURS. Or you can visit our website at www.myrealchristianity.com. That's myrealchristianity.com. Here is a final thought from Mosley. You know, I don't want to end this broadcast without inviting you, my dear listener, to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that when Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth, his own received him not, but as many as did receive him, to all who believed in him, to them he gave the power and the right to become the children of God. They were born again and receive the wonderful gift of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, 
but you would receive him now into your heart and life. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Amen. If you sincerely prayed that prayer, the Bible teaches you are born again. You have Christ as your Savior, and you have eternal life as you follow Him. If you want more help, please visit our website at myrealchristianity.com or call me at 916-ALL-FOURS. May God richly bless you, and I'll be here with you again next week. Thank you for listening, and until next week, may God bless you always.